0: You're a failure.
1: And that's okay. Hi, I'm Dan.
0: And I'm Alicia. And, and we're, we're failures, failures too. too.
1: We take a walk back through people's failures and relive the mistakes they made so we all can have more clarity on how to be a better human. Hello and welcome to <laughs> another musical episode of the 2020 Perspective. I am one of your co-hosts, Dan Newman, uh, and I run Learn to Scale, and I'm joined by my other co-host.
0: Hello, my name is Alicia Engel. I'm the other co-host of our podcast, The 2020 Perspective, where we talk to people about their juicy failures and how their perspective has shifted from that experience. We get to walk with them along their journey of learning and changing and, you know, continuing to live incredible lives right here. That happens here.
1: This is where the failure and the redemption, where the resilience and the sidesteps show us that failure's cool, failure's happen, and we move forward and grow from it.
0: Yep. Well said. Yeah.
1: Um so as with any 2020 perspective live conversation, if you are tuning in live on Facebook, feel free to drop any comments on the video and we'll be happy to chat with you live. Um, but we are amped and I'm I'm particularly amped because this the guest that we have uh, in store for you today um, is, is a musical person and as someone who's musical too, like I feel a, a special kinship with this particular individual. And um we're we're excited to talk to her about kind of her journey to mm-hmm. where she is right now, which I don't want to spoil because there's so many little sidesteps and little moves in there, kind of like boogie boogie around. Um, <laughs> But I will say that it's a great tour de force of how people can pursue their dreams, even when they have to take side steps, forward steps, back steps, uh, rock steps, uh, you know, foxtrots, whatever, yeah. um, to get there. So, uh, this is the individual we're interviewing today, is also a host of a podcast called The Corp Art Tainment Uh, podcast, which I'm sure we'll ask her about um, how she gets started why she does it and everything there. Um, But please tune into that because it's going to be a great way of learning more about our guest and her journey and how she supports music and transitions and et cetera. But anyways, I, I digress. Why don't we introduce to the podcast Amora Brown? Hi, Amora. How are you?
2: Good. How are you, Dan? Hello, Amora. We're so glad to talk with you today. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you both here to chat and and just have a great time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, we, we like to kind of like warm up a little bit to the podcast with a little rosebud thorn. Um, so if you're if you're game to play, uh, our rosebud thorns are are pretty self explanatory. There's a rose and a bud and a thorn. A rose being something good, a thorn being something bad, and a bud being something you're looking forward to. You yeah. know, there's something good coming up. Um Alicia, do you want to go first? You have a rosebud thorn in store?
0: Oh gosh. Um let's see. My rose is that well we're having this conversation today and it's I'm so excited. Um we <laughs> had a preview of Amora's journey yesterday so I'm really looking forward to kind of digging in and talking more about it. That's my rose and always a pleasure to talk to, with you, Dan. Oh, um sh- my That's her bud is um, going to tra- do some traveling next weekend, going back out of town mm-hmm. to meet my boyfriend's good friends. And my thorn is, you know what? My thorn is that sometimes when you have a short week, like we had the holiday on Monday for July 4th, and sometimes it actually makes the week feel a lot longer because you're taking mm-hmm. all of the work that you didn't get to do and it's just being compressed. So that's my thorn, but nothing really, you know. Nothing
2: bad. Okay, nice.
1: Yeah. Sweet. More, do you have a do you have a, a rose and a button authority? Or do you want me to go?
2: You know, actually, Alicia gave me a really good idea to because I I also am going to be traveling next year, and that's the positive rose part is that hopefully you get to go to Japan. So my friend, for some reason, I've developed a fear of flying. I don't know where that came from because that I sounds used like a travel. thorn. <laughs> I I used to love to travel alone, and like the takeoff part used to be so much fun. And I don't know, all of a sudden I'm like scared. So that's the thorn. But I'm looking forward to seeing if I can reverse that fear, because that is the one fear that I'm like I don't have time to be afraid of flying because I I have places to go.
0: <laughs> I think you can get over it. I do. I feel like you, you mind over matter, and you're just gonna you're gonna okay. turn.
2: It over <laughs> fear. I'm gonna like yeah. I'm. Gonna see what different techniques i can come up with especially if
1: you're gonna be flying to japan you've got a long time to get used to it
2: yeah (laughs) that turbulence though that's the thing is like that turbulence you're like ah.
1: oh that's part of the fun though um okay uh so uh rosebud thorn from the world of dan um the bud is i am like the details are coming together for this um this week that I'm running in two weeks called camp career confidence. And I'm really excited to run it. Cause it's a week full of like all this, like fun uh, confidence building activities. There's some competitive self-reflection that I'm going to be doing in that. Um, like it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. And um, if if like you're listening to the the podcast and it's not July 19th yet, then head to <laughs> bit.ly/campcareerconfidence and get ready to fight for Team Thunderstorm or Team Sunshine. So that's my bud. Um, Ooh, that sounds super awesome. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be something. Uh, my. Th- my butt and my thorn are related. My my rose and my thorn are related. So today I woke up and I was, like, really stressed and I was having, like, a day. Um, but I went to the rock climbing gym and I felt really good just, like, climbing some rocks and, like, doing some stuff. And I, I actually did some climbs that I wasn't able to do last week. So I feel like I, like, got better. So that's that was exciting. The thorn, though, was that doing rock climbing turns your hands into, like, ground meat. So... Yeah my my fingers are all torn up. So I'm gonna be staring at my, if I stare at my hands during this conversation, that's just because I'm like investigating all the new holes in po- pockets of whatever. Um, Sick. Yeah, no, real growth, right down. <laughs> um, but okay, it's not about my hands. It's about our sidestepping through um, all sorts of career paths and, and journeys uh, with Amora. So Amora, Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and then we'll get to kind of like your life, your your story, Mm because I think it's really inspirational to hear all the steps that you've made, pun intended, as we go through this.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so I am a artist. Now, (laughs) the level of artistry I am at is entry level, but... I am an actress and a singer and a dancer, and I want to be much better at those things. But I'll call myself that because a year from now, I will be much better than my skill level level now. (laughs) And I created this podcast called Corporatainment to kind of give me like a blueprint of how to accomplish those goals. And I do that by interviewing people who were able to successfully accomplish those goals. And, nowadays, you need a job to be able to survive, have your health insurance, save up, (laughs) retirement, emergency money, you need all those things. So it's not really realistic to just drop everything and just chase after your dream. You kind of have to have some sort of stability in a way that can give you some sort of income. Mm
0: -hmm. So
2: I interview a lot of people who are able to do both. They are people that are creative artists that work nine to five jobs in the corporate world. And I have a lot of really cool people that come on the show. There's one person that I like to mention. They are a chemical engineer and they have a PhD in chemical engineering, but they're also a belly dancer. Wow. Like I literally have those type of people on the show where they're just like, do you think anyone at her company knows she's a belly dancer? No. And that's literally the point is that like when I started working in tech or at different companies, I realized there were so many people working side by side with me who had these very artistic passions outside of work that they never talked about.
0: Yeah. It's like they have this whole other life that they don't or this whole other piece of their identity that they don't get to really showcase. They have to play a certain role when you're on the clock, so to speak. Yep. Yep. I feel that.
1: I feel it. <laughs> I feel <laughs> that too. I
0: <laughs> Talking to the, the corporate, you know, person who yes. has many dreams. So I get it.
1: So where did you, where did you start? Like, did you just say like, Hey, I want to make a podcast or like, where, like, where did you get your passion for the arts? Let's start there because as oh, an wow. arts person, I am also interested in people's um,
2: entree. Yeah, so my entire life, I always wanted to be a singer like my favorite artists were Tupac, Aaliyah, Mariah Carey, G-Unit, Eminem, Nate Dogg, Dr. Dre. Like I was always (laughs) into all these artists and I just didn't really have anyone to say, here's how we're going to do that. And now that I'm an adult, I realize that a lot of the child stars had their parents as managers Mm -hmm. to coach them through the entire journey. And I didn't know that as a kid. So I thought that it was just a matter of them getting discovered at the mall. And that's how it happened. Yep. They are, look, <laughs> look yeah. they're, they're going to be famous one day. Yeah, it, but no one, no one really talks about the No one used to talk very much about the behind the scenes of how to become that actress and singer. You just see them show up. And so I kind of was like delusional for most of my childhood and teenage years about how I was going to be an actress and singer. I was just like, I'm going to go to LA and someone's going to see me walking down the street and they're going to say, Oh, her, we need her. We need her in our <laughs> movie. And my friend um, in college was just like, That is not how it works. You need to have a plan. Like, who's your favorite artist and your favorite actress and singer? I said, Angela Bassett. So she took me to the library and we went online to, to study Angela Bassett's background and I saw that she had a lot of training in acting and I was just like, okay, now this sort of stuff seems like very like obvious, but I really didn't know at the time because I just yeah. didn't have anyone in my corner to show me that. So my whole goal from like, I would say like the age 20 to like 24 was I wanted to go to Yale University. I did everything I could do to go to Yale because Angela Bassett went to Yale and a whole bunch of other phenomenal actresses went to Yale. <laughs>
1: Checks out. I did. So just like,
2: <laughs> if I go to Yale, they can't make not let me become an actress and say right. I have to be successful. So I, I I joined student government at my college, and I ended up getting like majority of the votes. Everyone voted for me because I was super social. Like in yeah. all my classes, I would tell everyone. Don't say. Me. <laughs> I got a letter of recommendation from the dean of undergrad from um from the president of the community college, Berkeley City College. Uh, I did two internships, worked really hard and did two internships uh, in Washington, D.C. Very prestigious ones, too. And one of the internships was paid, so I was actually able to visit Yale's campus on my own.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I even went to their grad school meetups. I wasn't even a grad student. I was an undergrad <laughs> student at community college. I was like, I'm going to go to the grad school because maybe <laughs> one of these graduate students can have some advice. But I didn't get into Yale after all. I, I failed. Mm-hmm. And I even got in touch with the Dean of Undergraduate Admissions um, while, before I applied because I was so desperate. And she would talk to me about, you know, tips and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. she was really awesome. was rooting for you. Yes, yeah. yeah, she was rooting for me. I even had her phone number, too. Hey, girl. <laughs> but um, I, didn't, I didn't use it. <laughs> I was too scared to use it. I didn't use it at all. But um, she was really nice. And I didn't get in. But I learned so much along the way, as you can imagine. I was like, okay, I still need to be an actress and a singer and a dancer. And I know that I have to be smart about the way I go about it. So I need to have a business mind. So I'll study business at community college or whatever. So I graduated. What a growth and- mindset? Like, you said what?
1: That's so growth mindset. Just like, oh, here's something bad that happened. Oh, what an opportunity to learn and grow into something new. Like,
2: yeah, I, I was, I, I mean, I guess. In many ways, I just never saw it as like a stopping point. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to be a very, uh, business-minded actress and singer then. Like, it was just like, I guess I'm just going to have to be a business-minded who who interned uh, at the U.S. Department of Energy and the U.S. Telecom in Washington DC, all these like government things like right down the street from the White House and so forth. you know, and an and actress and singer at the same time. I was like, I'm going to be an interesting actress and singer. <laughs> Very interesting to talk about there this stuff later. And everyone thought I was going to be like a senator. It's like, are you running? Are you going to be a senator when you go? I'm like, no, I'm going to be an actress and singer. I'm going to be a musical. You, a you music still dancer. could. So it's <laughs> great right. about life. It's never too late. I mean, I don't want to be a senator. I don't want to work in politics. <laughs>
1: well, me neither. <laughs> I
2: know, but I was. Just, everyone thought that's where I was going. I was like, no, it just looks fancy to Yale, I thought. Yeah. And and so I had a um, boyfriend at the time who was like, you should get into tech. And I was like, I can't get into tech. I have a super low GPA. It was like (laughs) two point seven. And he was like, you should do it anyway. And I was like, "Okay." so I I applied to 100 tech jobs and only got one interview. (laughs) And it was one guy who was really nice. He like gave me a chance to like see what the process would be like. Mm -hmm. Everyone told me no And I was like why is everybody telling me no Do I put boo-boo on my resume And everybody's (laughs) like why would she put that And I put boo-boo on my resume and nobody hires me (laughs) (laughs) I thought I said why is nobody hiring me And I ended up getting a job As an operations associate Uh And that was Like that was someone that basically uh, Was the one that Did all like the catering stuff And cleaning up in the space And I was like, one day I'm gonna work my way up to a more higher paying job that allows me to work remotely. And when I work remotely, I'll go to LA and audition. (laughs) See, (laughs) I'll be making however much money, like let's say like, I'll be making however much money. I'll be making way more money. I'll have my health insurance. I'll have my PTO and my sick leave. And I can use those to allow me to go to LA and go to auditions. So that while I'm waiting in these long lines, I'm working and making money and I don't have to do like a, a restaurant job where I'm making like $15 an hour. I can be making like 70K plus going auditions. And mm-hmm. at one point I actually did that in San Francisco. I actually filmed, I felt like a boss. <laughs> oh, I actually filmed, I was like, I was at work and one of my coworkers who I always would joke around with, we went into the elevator and was a whole bunch of people in the in the building in the elevator, a whole bunch of like business people. He was like, "So where are you going?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm about to go film for this commercial." And everyone looked at me and it was on my lunch break. So I was like, "Oh, you don't film on your commercial lunch break? What are you you just go to work?" "Oh, oh." I thought everyone was going to be famous. I thought I didn't realize I I have to go.
1: (laughs) Excuse me. I've got some code to commit or something.
2: (laughs) Go right back to work and answer them customer complaints and questions. (laughs) Like it was fun. So that's awesome. So you're, I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying about, like, you
0: still have this dream, like the goal that you want to be an actress and a singer is still at the forefront. And you're thinking about what is the path of least resistance to get there to where you can still have the kind of life and like support for yourself that you need. And so you're kind of taking this like divergent path, but Mm -hmm. you still have this like main goal in you know at the top of your like priority lists. Yep,
2: yep, and it's interesting because I would say I'm on TikTok a lot. I don't know if you guys use TikTok, but I, I, I'll get lost and okay. Well, more, it's, so it's, I just don't go. TikTok <laughs> is super dope. Um, I know like there's some people that I don't like it for security reasons and, and so forth, but. I noticed that there's a really so after you two might be able to relate and see, I feel like once COVID hit, everybody was burnt out from work and a lot of people were able to work remotely from home. And I think that also triggered in everyone's mind, like, hmm, is this really what I want to be doing 40 hours a week? So I actually seen a lot of people, maybe a lot of like young. Okay, so you too. But on TikTok, there's a lot of younger people on there. I see a lot of people like under the age of like 25 that are just Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to chase after my dream and I'm not going to be stuck to just a corporate job. Mm -hmm. And that's now like the mindset everybody's having. Wherefore, to me, I was just like, you can, you know, I hear what you're saying, but you want to be strategic and you want to be smart about it because there's a lot of things you can learn from your corporate job. And apply that to whatever creative arts you want to do. Because let's say, you know, think about the content creators. You know, mm-hmm. you want you somebody else's platform and you're creating content, but you don't own any of that. Are you reading the contracts in place when you say, yep, I agree to join the, the creators club? So there's a lot of things you can learn from your corporate job mm-hmm. and reinvest that back into yourself and to build you as, I think, skillful to get another corporate job if you need it. Mm-hmm. and give you stability so that if you don't you know if you want to take a year off and work on your arts you can but you can always come back because you have that skill so it's yeah. just thinking and tell and that's not something I thought about back when I wanted to just be a singer that came after I failed getting into Yale and I was like okay so how am I going to be an actress and a singer and a business-minded person it, that that was all built mm-hmm. throughout the last yeah. four years
1: and I think that's that's so powerful, especially like I came up my my upbringing was in the arts, and I went to school wow. to be a composer because wow. that's a that was a that was a smart career choice. Yeah, 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 Music yeah. and philosophy, real real employable. Dan, Um wonderful. But, like, there's this this pressure in the arts to be pure, and to be like not distracted by holding down other part-time jobs and to be focused to your arts. Like there's this like paradigm, this like stereotype of like the true artiste is the person who's poor and starving because they only focus on their craft. And I say, screw that. Yeah. And also it is a, it it feeds each other. So your arts can be informed by your work and your work can be informed by your arts. Soapbox off.
2: True, I just look at my favorite artists who who say what they wish they would have knew before they signed those three sixty deals at the record labels. So I'm sitting back like, okay, MTV behind the scenes. What should I not do? What what lessons can I learn? Like it's just about that. Like you said, Alicia, the growth mindset that's applied everywhere.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So
1: sorry. I was going to say
0: we we talked to someone on the podcast um, a couple weeks ago who was talking about, uh, we haven't published this yet, so, Mm. (laughs) um, but this guy that we talked to had built a brand that he failed at not making it like this, like huge, like successful movement that he envisioned. And he said, what was interesting is he said that he thinks that maybe like the failure is in the lack of like the, the hunger, the struggle that he mm-hmm. wasn't struggling enough. Like he had another mm-hmm. job and so he never like fully stepped into mm-hmm, building this spring mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. he kind of had to put, you know, a foot in either canoe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it's interesting. It, it's interesting. And I wonder if like different individuals have a different mindset on like how, the struggle motivates them to like achieve their goals and to reach this what they you know see as a success. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Mm. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a
2: humdinger. Humdinger. Yeah. I do think that um maybe that is true to a, to a certain extent too, honestly, cuz with my podcast it's like I'm the only one working on my podcast. But I also know that if I don't do my podcast, I'm not necessarily gonna be starving the next day. Yeah. Uh-huh. So if I'm editing the transcript and I'm editing the video and I'm a little bit bored and I'm like, oh, I don't feel like doing this. Yeah. Because I know I can just work my corporate job and I'll be fine either way, then that might mean less quality of work as opposed to someone that is working their. I'm reading Mariah Carey's book, My Queen. I love Mariah Carey. <laughs> I love Mariah Carey and That's she good. was, yeah, she's, ooh, she's wonderful. In her book, she talks about how she was in a space full of people that weren't hungry like her uh-huh. because, you know, they, they, they weren't going to be homeless if they didn't put out music mm-hmm. before in the beginning of her career, mm-hmm. she always had this mindset that she always wanted to be this entertainer, but she also felt like if I don't do this, then I'm going to end up, you know, basically, you know, poor on the street. So to her, it was a matter of like survival. And uh, I think with anything you're working on, that is, if if you feel like it's a matter of survival, you're going to have a different drive. It just happens to be applied towards an art and therefore your art is going to be, you know, invested in so much more heavily because you need to survive. But I do think that drive behind it, and you don't have to feel like you want to survive to have that drive. It just, uh it's a really big motivator, though, when you feel like that.
1: Yeah, I I think there's there's definitely a balance here. As someone who has gone at least a, a span of time, a hundred percent dedicated to one thing that pays the mm-hmm. bills, um, that's uh, decidedly not fun at times, and the anxiety mm-hmm. becomes paralyzing at at times. Yeah, and you know, I think having uh, a secure job, well, no job secure, having a job that you can expect a little bit of money coming in helps you cope in a way that frees you. But having that that big picture dream continues mm-hmm. to keep you hungry. Yes. And yes. so I'm curious, you know, where you are right now, what are some ways that you've kept hungry, not necessarily like actually hungry, but like motivated to make the podcast and, you know, show up and go to the uh, go to the auditions, which in and of itself must be exhausting. Like what? What's your motivation?
2: Yeah, I just this is not something that is I can choose to be motivated about. I just feel extremely sad and want to cry if I feel like I have let down my 12 year old self. You have no idea the amount of people that I promised that I was going to be a famous entertainer and singer. It's really probably the reason why I pass many of my classes is because like I can I don't have it right now here. But if I were to bring you my yearbook, which is in the other room and my high school yearbook, I have three of them. I could show you how all those people are like, don't forget me when you're famous. Don't forget me when you're famous. You're gonna be diamond princess. That's the name I used to go by. I borrowed that little uh, name or whatnot. But even from middle school, I won most likely to win American Idol in middle school. I sung the national anthem for my high school graduation. Like I was very involved and I was still dedicated. And it was oftentimes what got me through a lot of like, okay, I don't need to do this because I'm going to be bigger. And yes. I I just for me it's not optional because I there have been times where I was like, I wish that I loved doing software engineering and I could just make six figures doing that and save up and live the rest of my life happy. Yeah. Because who knows if I'm actually gonna make it as an actress and a singer. And yeah. I don't like that because I know I can't sleep unless I go after it, but it's not mm-hmm. lucrative. I wish my passion was in something that was in demand so it's like that that drive is just something that's just in my spirit i go out in the garage still and i put my headphones in and i listen to judas by lady gaga or selena's live you know concert performance and i just yeah. go out there and dance and so forth yeah. and take my dancing classes and so forth and mm-hmm. voice lessons yeah so I just, I, I have to do it because as time goes on, I'll go, oh my goodness, I'm 29 years old. What have I done to show? At least if I can look back and say, okay, I made some progress. I can't get mad at anybody because as time goes on, technology makes it easier and easier for you to do the thing. Now we have TikTok. All you need is your phone and your microphone and you just, nobody, nobody, you just sing like with somebody yeah. and you can get literally a thousand likes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not even like you need to go to L.A. and like audition and hope somebody sees you on the street. Right. They see you on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess for me, it's just I need to do it. It's not like an option. I have to do it.
0: I am so hearing you and I'm. I know Dan's probably laughing inside because he's like, what is she going to say now? But I (laughs) I relate to what you're saying. Like, I don't have the same type of talent that you do. Like, I cannot Mm. sing. I sing in the shower. (sighs) Um, but, But like that internal hunger that you have, that like fire in your belly that you cannot subside. Yeah. I feel that. I totally I feel it from you and I feel it for myself. I know Dan feels it as well. And it's like so for me, I have this um this dream of being like a big speaker, having like a best-selling book wow. and being able to go speak on big stages and like mm. help change people's lives by giving them some kind of like hope or inspiration or framework to sh- to shift their perspective and like solve their challenges from a different way and like feel hope and inspired and like mm-hmm. energized. And I just feel this desire to do it and I can't stop, but I also like you have to pay the bills, like have to, you know, put food on the table for myself and my dog. Um, and like, I, I almost like, maybe it's my ego, you know, Dan and I've talked about this as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's my ego. That's just like, I maybe I'm not willing to give up the like six figure salary that makes me feel secure, even though it's not really secure, it makes me feel like warm and toasty because I don't want to, you know, put the dream at the forefront because that means I have to give up like mm. this, like false security and safety. You know mm. what I mean?
2: It just depends on I think when you're ready to do that. You Mm -hmm. might not be ready to do that yet. And you might have your... Because I'm going to be honest with you. This podcast is me doing the thing. Uh Because I told myself, if you get a good paying job and you can work remote, there's no excuse why you shouldn't be going to your auditions, Mm -hmm. okay? So I had a moment where it was like, I think my moment for me was... I don't think there was any one moment. It was just as time was going on. I was like, why am I working? (laughs) Why am I doing nothing but working? I have no evidence. If I tell somebody I want to be a singer and I see they see the passion, they'll say, great. And if somebody's actually interested, they'll want to see my work. Why don't I have any workout? Am I serious that I want to be a singer and actress? Yeah. And I think the thing that really got me is there's this there's this actor named Bill Duke. He's an older man. And he's, he's very soothing when you listen to him talk. But I remember I was typing away at work. I was at my desk, typing away, and I was listening to him. And he was kind of like doing this, but not, you know, in a mean way. But he was in an interview with another mm-hmm. lady asking questions. And he was talking about what it was like for him back in the 60s going to Hollywood as a Black man trying to be a filmmaker. And how people didn't even believe that he was supposed to be on set. Because it was just mm-hmm. like, what are you doing here? Like... And he was like, "Well, nowadays, you could make things." And the way he, the way he broke it down, I couldn't help but say, "You're right." And people next to me at my desk thinking, like, "Who are you talking to?" And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm just like, it was that talk that I was just like, "Okay, so there's really no excuse because my resume is the bomb. I got, I got the clout." I got people referring me. I got good, good, good references. I can do the job. I can get another job. So my stability is there because I can always get another job. Before it was like, okay, am I going to get a job? Anybody want to hire me? Do I have the skills? Yes, I have it. Mm-hmm. So what is stopping me from doing the actress and the singing? And I said, I got to go do it. So my, I said, but how do I start? I have no idea how to start. And how do I balance being an actress and a singer while working a nine to five job. And everything that I saw online with successful artists was always like a very dramatic story of like a life that I could not relate to. I'm like, well, I'm not homeless on the street. And I wasn't like poor and homeless on the street as a kid. And I'm desperate. I'm at a, it's a different 2020 version, you know, 2021 now, but back 2020, 2019, 2018 version of being an actress and a singer. What does that look like today? If I want to be an actress and singer today and be at Beyonce's level in the next few years or whatever, what would that look like today of putting in the work? Before it was, if you look at Master P and Jay Z, it was making CDs and selling CDs from the back of your car. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if I want to be a singer, what does that look like today? Oh, I don't know. I don't know any singers. Okay, so I reach out to random people. On TikTok, I reach out to random people on Instagram who have a, a reasonable following and who music I like, or they just seem to have a good strategy. Mm-hmm. And I'll say to them, hey, I have an idea. I don't know if it's going to be successful, but I have a podcast and this is what my podcast is about, can you tell me what you're doing every day so I can take notes? And what I do on my podcast is I interview actors, singers, filmmakers, photographers, writers, art, painter, artists, and I ask them, questions that I can apply to my life. yeah. And it may not be applicable in that episode, but it's like, I'm taking notes. It's like I have a mentor Mm
0: -hmm. because they've been
2: there, done it. So they'll say, oh, well, here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. And I'll report Mm -hmm. it. And the people that are listening, I feel like the audience are two different people. The audience are people who are artists who want to have a more business-minded perspective to their art. Mm -hmm. And they're also corporate people who say, okay, yeah, well, I didn't already save up a whole bunch of money. And I can always, I can always come back to a job. If I, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I want to be an actress and a singer. I want to be a musician, and a guitarist. Well, what's gonna happen if I decide to do that? Well, how do I do both? Mm-hmm. And so my yep. podcast is literally how to do both.
1: That is, that is, a, that is almost the same mentality that I'm applying to my my upcoming like camp career confidence. Yeah, the idea that you can activate your passions, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. You can explore something. You can go to auditions while keeping a full-time job. You can blend your life in a way that pleases you and you are entitled to seek out what delights you and what motivates you.
0: Yeah. I love what you just said, the terminology about activating your passion That's, that's good. That is very juicy. And I think Mm -hmm. that like, I needed to hear that just now activate your passion. That's awesome. And so Amora, you know, it's interesting that you are taking the same approach with your podcast about like, really learning and getting so deep into your passion by interviewing and learning from others, not to refer to another episode, but I'm going to do, oh, yes, yes. We-, we had a conversation just you know recently with Rose Gabler and she is a creative creativity strategist and hmm. so she was kind of like reaching in the depths of her soul to understand creativity and how it applies to any role any job for anyone not just like you know an artist or like someone who has like a very typical like you when you think of creative creative job hmm. but like someone who's an accountant or a plumber like how did those people apply creativity in their role
2: mm-hmm. and
0: so mm-hmm. Um, she interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people and then ended up writing a book because she found patterns in her discussions around like the five key um, things that like make creative people creative or like success, mm. success traits of creative people. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like you're mm-hmm. doing that same thing right now about yeah. leveraging your passion or activating your passion. You're doing that. Mm-hmm. You can write a book.
2: Yeah. A book. I, I, maybe I, I have a medium blog page where i'm trying to get better i literally have like i don't know medium measures but based off how long it takes to read right now i have mm-hmm. like three articles that are in draft states and they're all like 10 minute reads and i feel like they're amazing and i just but i'm not done writing them and i never finished writing them and i'm like okay at some point i'm gonna need to put it out but yeah i think I, I try to write them down so I can reference them later and add to them as later as, you know, as time goes on and you change the process. But yeah, reaching so, out to people really helped,
1: you know, one of you know, because we are, you know, a failure podcast. Yeah. And, you, know, you now you, you chase down these two pursuits here. You've got, you know, the corporate job that keeps you secure and you've got the passion and dreams, but not all of them work out successfully all the time. And I would imagine that they might even influence each other a little bit. But like, how do you kind of stay resilient, even when you go to the auditions, you don't get the job or you do the work at work and you still get chewed out by your boss? Like what? How do you stay focused and moving forward through failure? Cry.
2: (laughs) Cry. I can cry now. I'll
1: get a cry, and I do.
2: I will sit up there and cry, and I'll call my boyfriend. I'll call my grandma, my dad. <laughs> I'll call my dad and just vent to him because he's known me my whole life, and he's just like, I understand, because <laughs> he can say things in a certain way that can get me to see things a particular way because he has the whole picture. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And oh, I'll, I'll vent to my friends, um, and I'll cry about it. And then sometimes you gotta m- keep moving while you're crying. So while you're typing. but you keep moving while you, you see, you keep crying, you cry. And I think about Naomi Campbell. I don't know if you ever watched America's Next Top Model or if you've ever watched the Victoria's Secret runway fashion show. When Heidi Klum's husband, they were not going through seal, who's a singer. They were not really, they were going through like a rough, rough patch in their life. And I remember he was singing at the 2005 Victoria's Secret runway fashion show, which I admired a lot. And I'll never forget Heidi back. Heidi Klum was backstage crying, but she had to come out on stage and slay. Mm -hmm. And the way she slayed, you would have never known she was crying and her and Seal were going through like a messy breakup. Right. Mm -hmm. And he, he, I think he was like singing as she was walking down the aisle. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so I always think about, you know, and Tyra Banks on America's Next Top Model, how they would, the girls would be going through stuff at home and Tyra would always tell them, but when you get in front of the camera, you smile when you get in front of the camera. You do this, and so I think as a young kid, I always would watch TV and and take those lessons into myself. So I still cry. I could have been crying before this interview. I wasn't, but I could have been crying before this interview. But as soon as I turn on the camera, hey, hey everyone, how you doing? <laughs> You're, You're on stage. The- yeah. So you do yeah. both. So you don't. You don't. You know, smother it with like other things and like pretend like it doesn't happen you just cry now most people are not going to tell you they was crying before an interview but i'm just making it plain like i still have those feelings that i get frustrated and angry but you you know and once you finish crying you can go through the the building process of understanding okay mm. so do i really need to change my perspective does this person have a point or do i need to push through you might want to pick up a book about, you know, changing your thought process and whatnot, or, you know, understanding what you're doing wrong and fixing that. So having that perspective.
0: Preach. Preach. I am feeling this right now. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like allowing yourself to go to the depths of whatever those like negative emotions or feelings are in order to get past the failure, the setback. It's like, if you just like, you're saying, you're not glossing over it. You're going to allow yourself to cry or to be sad or to be angry. And you're like, okay, I'm going to do that. It's like here. And then when I hit here, I'm done and I'm going to put my smile on and I'm going to move forward. And I think that's like part of resilience. It's perspective shifting. It's, you know, like truly picking yourself up by the bootstraps and saying, how do we use this, bad thing to move forward and to, to do better.
2: Like I think, I think of there's so many times when I'll be frustrated because I'll see somebody else's work and I'll compare it. I know we're not supposed to do that, but I do. Yeah. Like, well, I, I haven't put out any medium articles recently and my mediums are not good. So I'll be frustrated and overwhelmed. And let's say that I was having a bad day. Cause I don't know. Uh, I haven't, I don't know, whatever. Let's just say I'm crying. Right. Well, for example, you could be while I'm crying, boohoo. As tears are falling, I might open up my Medium article and just start typing. And guess what happens while I'm crying and typing? Oh, that's, I like what that sounds like. Okay, I'll move that right here. And so as I'm typing and I'm crying, I cry less because I'm like, you know what? And I remember this happened. Let me put that in this article. I know mm-hmm. the perfect picture that's going to go right below this paragraph. And at, and that's the thing is you you move your emotions through it. You keep right. moving. Beyonce was, when she made her... Um, her uh her album, the Lemonade album, you don't think she yeah. was in the studio crying? Oh, she yeah. She was in the studio crying. Jay-Z was cheating on her. Yeah. So she's in the studio crying. And drive a roll up or whatever, she puts all that passion into her work. And as it's going into your work, people can connect. They're like, that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Actors in front of a camera, you know, they have to go back to dark phases. But you're like, wow, I'm really in this movie. I hope he gets that award so you can you can be human and feel your feelings and people can see you feel those feelings mm-hmm. you, know, you might want to be mindful of how much you know you go cry for two hours and you go to every maybe not cry the whole two hours of the interview okay. but it is, what wow. it is you know just read the room i don't know but i'm a big component of feeling emotions yes That's as part of self-care true. and self-love
1: yes 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 i i And especially, you know, when you're in, and I'm not, I'm going to first say in artistic pursuits, you know, the emotions are raw, they're powerful, they're authentic. That's, that's, that's the fuel that drives a lot of art. But more broadly, the work that we all do in life is not just cognitive work up here, Mm -hmm. but it's emotional work here. And when you are feeling those feelings, that inspiration can help you. Solve that problem of code, you couldn't figure out the front end, back end working together, and you were emotional and you looked at it and said, What if I just did this? I never would have done it like that. and then you do it and it solves a problem. Or you connect with an audience in a way, your team, your manager, yeah. your CEO, because you're being real rather than hiding the failure or the feelings of failure.
0: Vulnerability builds trust. Yes, it does. your authentic self. Feeling the feelings of failure, showing up is what actually builds trust with
2: others. Yes, absolutely. Yes. True. Yes. So
1: um, we're running a little bit low on time, but I wanted to ask, you know, is there any kind of, you know, pearls of wisdom or mm-hmm. recommendations or, or things that have helped you continue your your pursuit of your dreams that you think other people listening to this podcast would totally dig?
2: Well, there is an old saying that my great-grandmother used to say, and I've heard a lot of people say it as well, too. Um, It's called, stay ready to keep from getting ready. (laughs) And what that essentially Mm -hmm. is, and I remember my grandma used to say that. I used to be like, what does that mean? And then I was really, I was young. So to me, I would go and do something else. I didn't care (laughs) what it meant. But it, it still rang in my head. And what that means is, make sure you're prepared before the opportunity comes so that when it comes, you're prepared. And I guess the thing, the reason why that really stood out to me is because in my very first podcast interview on corporate episode one, there's a guy, he's a, he's an actor, but he's also a paralegal. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned that, you, I, I said, you know, he was like, he was telling me an episode. He was like, don't worry about if the opportunity never comes. The question is, will you be ready when it comes? Mm-hmm. And I've learned that so much with my podcast, because my podcast is really me being Amora, and I'm just recording it. Mm-hmm. I will talk to any stranger in the world, and I always say, why don't if you're sitting next to a person, why don't you why don't you know their birthday? You should know their zodiac sign. I'm just joking. Huh? I know people's zodiac. I, I, I gotta get y'all zodiac sign at some point. Um, but <laughs> but I'll go to another country and I'll talk to people. I'm like, look at all these amazing people that no one else knows because they're not using their resources, they're not talking, no nobody's talking to each other. That's so weird to me. And what I realized is that in the podcast, what he was saying is that when the opportunity comes. Like this one, this 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 conversation we're having, this wouldn't have really this this is a great opportunity for people to learn about my podcast. But if I didn't have the podcast, even though I only got nine episodes up, I'll be putting one out later. It's something that people can indulge in. I wrote mm-hmm. I wrote a comment on a LinkedIn post. Uh, it was a Harvard Business Review article, and one of the writers reached out to me to get in touch with me. One of the um, the Harvard oh, writers reached out to me and that post got like over 1200 likes or something like that but he was very interested in my podcast and so it's really amazing that to me I look at it as oh it's just a baby podcast like only nine episodes it's not as good as like the Joe Budden podcast or like all the other big ones but it's staying ready to keep from getting ready so when an opportunity comes Amora what's your podcast or Amora what are you doing to chase out your dream I have this okay but you, you can't even be in the conversation if you have nothing. And that's what I, that's what I learned when I created my podcast. Mm.
1: Well, uh, definitely recommend everyone to, now that you've heard Amora share her story here on the 2020 Perspective, to go to corporatainment.com uh, and uh, go listen to some more stories. Um, <laughs> I was listening to one of them. I was like, oh, man. Maybe I should pick up my double bass and like get back into music some more. Yes, like, do it. I totally, to you press. should. Like, do it, please. Back my it's just sit back there.
0: It's going to open um, up brain waves to help with your business.
1: Maybe, you maybe have- I will. I've got the opportunity. Yeah. waiting.
2: We're all waiting for you too so we can hear some good music.
1: Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> or some
0: bad music, whatever. Thanks
1: to No BS Brass Band for the bang and show music. Check them out at nobsbrass.com. And if you want to join any of our live shows, follow us on Facebook at the 2020 Perspective. That's 20 slash 20 Perspective. As always, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you can get the latest failures delivered right to your ears. And may your failures be spectacular.